0: Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where Grove. one of our core values is Christian education. New Let's Piney tune in Grove. to this week's message. Throughout the performance of preparation, You heard perhaps from all the gospels. If you were here, faith development adult class, you heard the story from all four gospels. So it might seem a little strange to be looking at Paul's letter to the church at Rome for a resurrection or Easter Sunday message. But if you were here this morning, faith development. Brother Jeff already done opened the bag of what I was going to say. So this is part two. The letter to the church of Rome is perhaps the most comprehensive theological doctrine on salvation. And Paul has one point that he's emphasizing throughout this letter. And that is that salvation came not of man's righteousness but of God's righteousness through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul is writing to mainly a Jewish audience that came from the day of Pentecost, went to Rome. Paul never met these individuals, but he heard of them. And their faith was strong. But see, many of these Jews believe that circumcision placed them in right standing with God. Others believed that because they were heirs of Abraham, this put them in right standing with God. And even when they came into the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, some still held to these views. So Paul wanted them to know, and he reinforced that salvation came by faith in Jesus alone All right. but it brings up a question what does it mean to have faith in Jesus alone you see biblical faith is not just belief it means to have confidence in and to trust completely it means to be fully convinced in one's mind but that leads to another question What are we to have confidence in? What are we to trust fully in? What does it mean to be convinced about? I've heard many people say things like this. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Others confess, I believe he died for my sins. As I look out this morning and see the number that are here compared to what was here Friday night, I want to bring this statement. We are not here today because of Jesus' death. We are here because of Jesus' resurrection. For Christians, every Sunday, what did I say? Every Sunday represents Resurrection Sunday. Have you noticed we don't gather every Friday to celebrate his death? But we gather every Sunday for those of us that come, that is, to celebrate his glorious and wonderful resurrection as the performance and performers depicted earlier. The resurrection of Jesus was the most powerful divine event in human history since creation. The resurrection of Jesus is in a new age of the Holy Spirit, which has the possibility and the power to transform life. What the Spirit does in the believers today is only possible because of resurrection. Jesus was telling his disciples when he was telling them he had to go and they were trying to clean him, he said, if I don't go away, I don't send the confident. So, so everything that the Spirit does for us today is because of the resurrection. And for that reason, Christians should live their lives today to demonstrate that the resurrection is still changing lives, still transforming people. This was the Apostle Paul's point in the text. If you rewind and go back with me to Romans chapter 4, we'll find these words. As Paul refers back to Abraham, known as the father of faith, to make his point. English Standard Version reads it this way. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God but he grew strong in his faith as he gave God to glory. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him. King James used the word imputed as righteousness. But the words, it was counted or imputed was not written for his sake alone, but for our soul's sake. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead, or who raised Jesus Christ our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Paul reminds his readers of Abraham's demonstration of faith. Paul's referring when God asked Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac, his son, the son of promise, on Mount Moriah. And the text says that Abraham did not waver. Mm. King James used the term "stagger." It means to be divided in one's mind. It means to hesitate or to doubt. And I want you to think with me just for a moment. All of you who are parents, you are asked to sacrifice your son, your child. You are a strong Christian who believe in God, and you know these are God's words coming to you, telling you to go sacrifice your son. Don't let knock you for a loop. Don't don't wouldn't it wouldn't it cause you to stagger somewhere? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it wouldn't it bring something to your mind that cause doubt even when you convince the Lord, are you sure? This is when we throw out the fleece. But the text says, Abraham didn't wait. Go sacrifice Isaac. He said, son, go pack your bag. We're going on a trip. I find it difficult for me to understand this type of faith. But if you look back at Abraham's life, God already told him, pack your bags and leave. Where I'm going, Lord, don't worry about where you're going, just move. He wasn't divided in his mind, He didn't hesitate. He didn't doubt. Why? Abraham did not focus on the circumstances. He focused on God's past promise. Let let me explain that to you. You see, Abraham was 75 years old when God told him, you're going to have a son. Now, I can kind of relate to that being 75 myself. You know. His wife was 65. Anybody here around that age? Some of y'all young people don't want to get pregnant, though. So. But God did not fulfill that promise when He told an old man, You're going to have a child. Until he was a hundred years old where it was just virtually impossible for him to have a child. But lo and behold, here come Isaac. So what he said was, now, wait a minute. If God did this, then certainly he did that. So he went ahead, not wavering, not starting to sacrifice Abel based on what he knew God had done in the past. He was fully convinced that even if I kill this boy, God's going to bring him back to life. Why? Because God made him a promise. He said through Isaac, seeds going to come. That's going to bless the world. Yeah, yeah. He didn't wait because he said, God, if it's going to be through Isaac, Isaac cannot die. Mm-hmm. Abraham's faith was solid. It was Abraham's faith which led to obedience that God credited as righteousness. Abraham was declared righteous based on his faith, not his word. Because Abraham had some issues just like David and Moses and all the other biblical characters. He trusted God in one area, but didn't trust God in another area. He lied more than once. But his faith placed him in right standing with God. But Paul also reminded his readers that the scripture was not written for Abraham's sake only, but for ours as well. We too can be declared righteous if we exercise faith in the Lord Jesus' resurrection. Why is it important to have faith in Jesus being raised from the dead? You see, resurrection... Of Jesus provided proof that God had accepted his son as a sacrifice. For years, as you said, came for two thousand years, they had been offering dead sacrifices. And what we're gonna do here shortly is we, we're gonna celebrate a live sacrifice. Because when he got up, he presented himself as a live sacrifice. This allows all of us as believers to be justified. That is to be declared righteous before the standing of God. Aren't you glad that when the Lord looks at you on judgment day, he's not going to see you? He's going to see his son. Now, how is this possible? How can I in my own sinful state be declared righteous? See, sometimes when we think of sinful state, and Jeff brought this out too today, we don't think it's our sin nature. We think of the acts. You may not have wanted to lie. Excuse me, you may not have lied, but you wanted to. You may not have wanted to curse somebody out. Y'all get the point? You may did not do the act of adultery, but you wanted to. So the thoughts in your mind are sinful because of your sinful nature. Truth is, a lot of us don't do things wrong because we're afraid of getting caught. Simple as that. So how is it possible? Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, into Christ Jesus, into Christ Jesus, are baptized into his death. Baptism, he is not referring to water Baptism. Is referring to identification that brings unification. The Greek word here is baptizo, it means dye. If you put something in a pool of dye, it changes colors. How many of y'all got some eggs at home, or gonna have some eggs, or seen some eggs? Of all these beautiful colors we call Easter eggs. Somebody got some? Don't get some? Well, the truth of the fact is that green, red, purple egg didn't come from the hen. (laughs) That egg had to get in some dye. And it identified with the color. If it was a blue dye, that egg didn't come up green. It came up blue. So baptism means to unify or unification. While baptism is just a symbol of the unification. Paul goes on saying verse four, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father, we too might walk in the newness of life. See, resurrection not only assured us of eternal life in the future, but it provides new life in the present. Verse five: If we have been united with him in his death, like his, we shall certainly be united with him in resurrection, like his. Okay, let, let, let me let me let me go go with that again. If we have been united with him in his death, in a death like his, we shall certainly be. United with him in a resurrection like his. I, I believe I heard a song this morning, All Power in and Glory. And, and if he was raised with all power in and glory, and the, and the scripture tells us we're going to be raised in a death like his, where's your victory? Well, maybe it's because you ain't been resurrected. Maybe because you're still dead. Let me read on. You see, here's what I'm talking about. When a seed is planted in the ground, it dies. Now For you guys that were here earlier this morning, that's what Jeff was talking about. It dies. But that death brings forth a change. Because what grows does not look like what's planted. So if you're declaring you saved, you die. And the new you ought to be different from the old you. All right. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be May here soon, July. And a lot of y'all going to take trip down to Cordillera. And get some watermelons. Yes, or as I used to say, wallamelons. melons. And walla melons, I know they got the seedless, going to have seeds. Let's put this one on. I'll turn that one off. On. Now, I know they say some are seedless, but if you take that little black seed and put it in the ground, it ain't grow up in no black seed. In fact, it's gonna be a lot bigger than was put in the ground. It's gonna be a different color, and it's gonna taste different. You just gotta wait till it ripes. Somebody gonna catch that in a minute too. See, we rush things too much. We get saved one minute, we won't preach the next. Verse Seven, uh, verse 4 of chapter 7 says this Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. If you don't get anything else today, get this. The death of Jesus. Changed our destination, but the resurrection of Jesus changed our destiny. Uh-uh, let me say that again: the death of Jesus changed our destination, but the resurrection of Jesus changed our destiny. Do you realize that you are destined from hell for hell if you don't accept Jesus as your savior? Done deal. Because that's the way you were born. But the resurrection changed your destination from hell. The wages of sin is death. Hell is the payment. But Jesus paid our debt and changed our destination. But not going to hell doesn't mean we automatically went to heaven. He could have just annihilated us. But he told the thief, this day, this day there, you're going to be with me in paradise. Why this day? Because he knew that after he went to the grain, that that thief was going to have a ticket to heaven. Destiny had to do with your vocation, your calling, and your future. The resurrection changed our destiny. We have a new destiny now, and that is to bear fruit. And to look like what planted the seed. Not only did Jesus' resurrection change our destiny and destination. In fact, my brothers and sisters, the resurrection changed everything. And let me just make this point. It's the resurrection of Jesus that I'm talking about. You see, the resurrection of Jesus changed the cross from a symbol of shame and tragedy into an emblem of glory and victory. The resurrection of Jesus changed the crown of thorn into a crown of triumph. The resurrection of Jesus changed a heathenistic Roman empire into a Christian state. The resurrection of Jesus changed fear to love. The resurrection of Jesus changed despair to joy. The resurrection of Jesus changed anxiety to help. The resurrection of Jesus changed condemnation to justification. The resurrection of Jesus changed sin dominion to grace domination. The resurrection of Jesus changed Peter from a coward to a conqueror. The resurrection of Jesus changed Paul from a persecutor to a conqueror. The resurrection of Jesus changed Dave Wilcoxon from a pervert to a preacher. What about you? The resurrection of Jesus still possessed the power to change people today. See, you are dead in your sins if you haven't accepted Christ. Some of you are zombies. You're walking, but you have no life. You're in the church, you're on the church road, but you don't have Christ. Because you believe that being on the church road, shaking the preacher's hand, coming down the aisle, and saying some words, you believe that that saves you. But many people don't really believe in the resurrection, call themselves Christians. But they have a hard time believing that he really came back to life. The resurrection of Jesus can change people from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. You remember the point I made about his resurrection? And that was all on purpose because I wanted to hit this home. You see, there will be a resurrection. And all will be resurrected. The resurrection of Jesus can change their sinful heart so that they want to follow Jesus. Or you ready for your resurrection? Here are your choices. Revelation, chapter 20, verses 5 and 6. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is one who share in the first resurrection. such, the second death has no power. The second death has no power. This scripture teaches us that some people are going to die twice. You can be born twice and die once. Or you can be born once and die twice. Choice is up to you. You stand with me now. I want to share with you how to avoid the second death. You need to be fully convinced in the resurrection of Jesus. That's why Paul told the church of Rome. And I want you to notice this because it's called the Roman rule. It's used quite often in salvation. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that it doesn't say he died. And believe that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. And I believe if you get that in your heart, that it would change you from the inside out. Can you say with me today, just in case somebody has never heard or said these words, that embodies what Paul wrote in Romans 10, 9, 10. But I kind of personalize it. Say with me, Lord Jesus, Jesus, I believe believe, that you were raised raised, from the dead. dead. I confess confess, my shortcoming, my my sin, sin, and my faith. And and I would like to receive you as Savior Savior, right right now. If you said that simple prayer for the first time, Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.